your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Nick Haig and William Carrier could be in the lineup tonight for VGK's home opener against the Chicago Blackhawks. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Colic. You could find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, and of course at Locked On VGK. And on the YouTube channel, please subscribe, Locked On VGK. Hi again, everyone, and uh, we appreciate you all tuning in. And uh, we thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, tonight after the gold carpet, where I know you're going to break out that gold lame jacket again, VGK uh, will be tangling with the Blackhawks, coming over that 5-2 to two loss to the world champion uh, Colorado Avalanche last night in Denver. VGK fans will probably most likely be seeing the return of Nick Haig, who signed that three-year contract extension earlier this week, and uh, William Carrier, who will be back perhaps on the fourth line with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar. And now there's also some speculation that perhaps we could see Paul Cotter moving up one line to the third line, along with William Carlson and Jonathan Marcheseau. So what do you think uh, the impact will be with these players inserted into the lineup and the lineup changes? Um, first of all, I like Will Carrier coming back. Obviously, Nick Haig, um, I think he's going to get a huge ovation, probably a little more than what he needs to get. But I think uh, Nick Haig will get a rousing ovation from the VGK faithful tonight's. As far as um, Will Carrier coming in, we know Will Carrier brings to the team. He brings that grits, that strength, that energy, and you know the fourth line speed. I mean, he might be one of the fastest fourth liners all in all the NHL. Just kind of an underrated uh, player in that regard for his skating ability. Moving Paul Cotter to line three and, and Amadio out of the lineup. Um, one of the things I wanted to predict, and I forgot, I, I predicted Paul Cotter was going to push some people out of the lineup throughout the season. I didn't think it was going to be the third line and above though. I thought he was going to make it tough for Colasar and or will carry to keep their spot in a regular basis. If all, you know, all three of those wingers are healthy. I did not in my uh, mind predicts him making an impact on the third line as soon as game two of uh, the season. And I, you know, I don't know how much time Carlson, Marcheseau, and Cotter have, have spent together in training camp. Of all the reports that we've read, Tony, I don't recall seeing Cotter skating with them a whole lot. Um, that line had one goal, uh, Marcheseau, you know, scoring the first goal. Uh, Carlson's was a power play goal. So why mess with a winning lineup? Um, that's, I guess, the one question I would ask. Is that a necessary move? I mean, maybe that line gets four goals tonight, and it's a great move. Who knows? But Paul Cotter, folks, it's uh, it's his time, I guess, right? First, they kicked Howden off of that line, and now Amadio, okay? So William Carlson's getting his way, I guess, That's whatever he wants there. But, you know, Haig had communicated, uh, according to Bruce Cassidy, with Cassidy and also with John Stevens. So, and I don't know if that's – legal or not in the NHL or whatever, when you have a free agent, but in any event, RFA, you should be prepared, you know, 
okay, should be prepared for what's ahead coming into tonight's game. Cassidy made a pretty interesting comment uh, in yesterday's presser. He was just saying that sometimes it takes the bigger players a little bit more time to get started. So he said he wants to see how Haig shows up in the morning skate today, and then uh, he'll see if he could be inserted in the lineup. I think it's a it's a no-brainer. I think we'll see Haig in the lineup tonight, the former third-round pick from 2017, 142 career games, uh, 10 goals, and uh, 32 assists, 42 points overall, coming off of the four-goal tennis season of a year ago. So what will he bring uh, to this lineup tonight? Uh, just what you said, strength, grits, and just kind of that stay-at-home um, that stay at home mentality, right? He's going to protect the net. Just like I, I still, um, I was arguing with someone and I forgot who it was. I think it was, um, I think it was the intern from Sinbin actually. He, uh, actually, uh, we have a mutual uh, business interest, I guess you can say outside of what we do here. And he felt that Haig was stronger and a much faster skater than McNabb and kind of a different player, a little more offensive ability. Um, I don't know about the offensive ability. We actually both agreed that McNabb has some real good hands around the net. He scored a couple of real good goals and close throughout his career. But I look at Nick Haig and McNabb of one of the same, pretty much. Haig might have a little more speed and a little more size, but you know, they're both, they both got a huge hip check. Uh, McNabb a little more seasoned, if you will, with uh, how he can pull it off. But you know, again, tough to play against. It's going to be that much harder now to, you know, find uh, find open ice against the defense. And Ben Hutton's going to be fine. Ben Hutton is going to have a role with this team throughout the year. It seems like he's going to be the seventh defenseman for, you know, most of the season. So he'll be the next man up. And Hutton was okay in the opener. Uh, lost the stick. That first goal was kind of a mess, but that happens. Um, throughout the year, though, uh, Tony's uh, Barbie girl will be uh, – We'll be ready to go and ready to help out when needed. But excited to have Nick Haig back. We do need Nick Haig in this lineup, I think, to uh, kind of round out our our bottom defensive pair. And, you know, Haig can play up and down the line, too. And McCrimmon has been very high on our defense being amongst the best in the NHL. And I don't disagree with that statement if you look at, at the top six uh, defensemen for other teams up and down the league. So it, it all starts back there, I guess. Right, Tony? Yeah, you know, I keep uh, reflecting on the opener, and the more that I think about it and the more that I've watched and gone back and looked at um, with the highlights and all that, uh, VGK, you know, it's pretty impressive what they did, you know, in, in winning that game. The only thing I didn't agree with Cassidy on was that he said that they beat a really good defensive team, which I don't think so. But in any event, their execution, for the most part, was pretty good. And now we've got this fourth line, which we will finally see together all the parts, all the pieces will be there tonight on the fourth line. Uh, they call them the shutdown line, uh, the identity line. You call them the identity line, I think, yesterday, right? And and so we get a chance now to see, hopefully, Carrier is healthy. Uh, you had a stat. Do you remember how many games they played together last season? Not not very many. But when they of a did, period? <laughs> yeah, two-thirds of a period. I think that's literally I Tony, that might have been all it was, honest to God. That might it was, have been it was all just it the was. one game, right? That they were all healthy. I'm pretty sure there was that San Jose Sharks game. They had a nice, comfortable two-goal <laughs> lead. And then, you know, everyone's favorite, the the most important player on the line of Keegan Colasar goes out, and the game just went to went to duty with an eye real quickly, you know? <laughs> and so Carrier had that knee injury in the first game of the season. Uh, we know when he's in the lineup, he brings a lot. He replaced Ryan Reeves, if you will, 
uh, in his uh, first season last year, the first uh, period, I should say. And uh, he had 159 hits over the course of last season. So he does bring, you know, more grit. And I think he's going to be the type of player that Bruce Cassidy actually likes. I, I think he's going to fit in quite well with Bruce Cassidy's system. Do we see extended minutes for that fourth line tonight? I think that they're going to start off the game. We'll probably start with that fourth line, get the crowd going. They're going to be buzzing up and down the ice. And I think it could be very entertaining from the jump. Yeah. I mean, the, the fourth line starting thing, I don't know. I think that's overrated, but a lot of, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm here in you know, a messy office talking hockey instead of, you know, getting ready to be behind uh, the bench of T-Mobile tonight. So I guess there must be um, some reasoning a lot of coaches do like starting with that line but yeah i mean that's the energy line that's the shutdown line that's the checking line and you can insert any any uh name for that line that you want um back to will carrier i'm curious to see how his offensive output grows because he does have a scoring touch he does have speed you will see him on multiple occasions tonight just come up from one of the wings and just take the puck straight to the net i mean there's a good there's the if we could get a line on, on a bet online for this one, will Will Carrier have a goaltender interference penalty? The, yes <laughs> or no? And I'd probably handicap the yes at about plus 295 or so because he just does tar- charge the net sometimes and there could be some contact on the way in or he might just go straight into the goalie and uh, oops, you know, it that that's part of his game, just going hard to the net. And he's had a few of those uh goalie interference penalties for just going uh balls to the wall if you will straight at the net so you know carrier he's 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 a day one right tony he's is he also a misfit technically technically yeah yeah right. but he we, yeah. Don't, we don't refer to him he doesn't get the same love that uh that uh you know william carlson your, your boy gets and everything <laughs> are you going to be out there early for the gold carpet tonight are you i don't, I don't know that? um me and my son are going down to the game tonight it's, it's it's a long long night if we get out there like what three o'clock i think local time is when it starts so probably closer to three thirty. but um a little secret that i learned actually with my wife probably season two or three if anyone is going down there tonight the area by the gold carpet is absolutely mayhem. You're going to, if you're not out there by probably one, two o'clock, you're not going to get a spot on the rail. I would probably guess. So what I would recommend is if you want to get where all the players go and all the players enter T-Mobile arena from the gold carpet festivities, right between, <clears throat> pardon me, right between the New York, New York parking garage, like where the one of the suite entries is, we kind of stood there and just, you know, while we were waiting for things to kind of quiet down and every player walks right by and no one's there. So if you want to get a, maybe that quick FaceTime, a quick uh, high five or an autograph, you know, camp out down there, avoid all the hoopla, of the gold carpet and get them on the way in. That's okay. just, you know. Another tip, where do you park around T-Mobile while we're at it? Um, so this is something that I highly recommend. Um, it's, you know, not free to park anywhere around T-Mobile. There's two things you can do folks. One is, the RTC, the, the bus, um, you can jump on a bus. It's two bucks, four bucks round trip, if you will. And they pick up, uh, let me think. I'm trying to do my, uh, my PA. Bruce, I know at green, uh, green Valley Ranch. Green Valley. Yeah. Uh, east side at Boulder highway on, um, uh, Boulder by Station. Boulder station. Okay. Uh, there's one up in Centennial somewhere and there's one, I believe it's city national. Excellent. And yeah, also advice. otherwise folks, if you do like driving down there, but don't pay, if you're able, get the uh, MGM credit card. Automatically put automatically gets you in Pearl status. We park at Excalibur every day for free, and you know it's a four minute walk. Good advice. 
Coming up next, we'll have a preview of tonight's game, PGK versus Chicago. You're watching and listening to Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information this entire season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you could find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport that's out there. The fastest and easiest way to check out on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, now into the playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn a lot more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back, and thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts on all the platforms all over the world. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick here. And uh, Chris, BGK hosting the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at uh, T-Mobile, the home opener. A lot of excitement in the air. What do you got there? It's a Blackhawks hat from 2015. I watched, I, I did watch a good part of last night's uh, Hawks avalanche game. Colorado won uh, five to two. The story there, four power play goals, four power play goals by the avalanche and four of the five goals came off of deflections. It was just, what am I watching here? Um, and so it's very cruel on the part of the NHL to start the Chicago Blackhawks. It's exactly what the Blackhawks want, Tony. It's exactly on what a they back want. to back. Exactly what they want. Keep going. Bruce Cassidy and John Stevens, they should get VGK a lot of looks on the power play tonight. If they want to solve any power play issues, tonight is the night. You got to start there. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, four power play goals. I mean, that's that that's painful, but that's what world champions do that's what the elite teams do is they punish you at every time they can and you know i guess if the blackhawks have a saving grace they might have won the game two to one in uh in five on five play i know they got two goals i don't know if either one was a power play goal so uh you know maybe the blackhawks can look at the glass being uh you know a quarter of the way full or something like that um tonight's game will be interesting i think the first period is going to be mayhem up and back sloppy defense so teams on a back-to-back the team that is playing the back-to-back game they usually come out in the first period with a lot of energy and then they kind of slow down throughout the game golden knights home opener they're going to want to make an early statement especially that fourth line which is going to be starting apparently so they're going to want to also kind of fight fire with fire so i would not be surprised to see some defensive breakdowns and a little bit of sloppy hockey, but also exciting hockey in the sense that they'll be, you know, trying harder to finish those checks. Uh, they will be getting more, I think, more odd man rushes maybe early on. I wouldn't be surprised if you had a goal in the first 90 seconds of this game just simply based on that. Yeah. And Chicago last night could not keep up with the avalanche through the neutral zone. No one can. And you, you talk, I know that, but you talked <laughs> about Carrier, uh, but I think it could be a big game for Jack Eichel. Of course, because he takes it himself. Uh, VGK just needs, again, uh, to get the puck across the neutral zone, center ice. Uh, and last night on one possession, uh, Nate McKinnon took the puck himself and pretty much had a high danger shot back the other way where he hit the crossbar. But the speed of this game, VGK could dictate from the outset, I, I think, tonight. And I think that that's a crucial area 
And again, an area where we see Bruce Cassidy is trying to pick things up and he's trying to clean up some things there. So I think they're going to force the puck on entries. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're going to attack the Blackhawks at every every possible angle that you can. You know they're going to be okay in, early on in the game. They're probably going to – they might have a little more pep in their step than VGK in the first, you know, maybe four, five, six minutes of the game. And then they're going to slow down. They're going to tire out. And, I mean, it's it's incredibly tough starting uh, on a back-to-back like this. I saw there's a couple teams playing – at least one team, I forgot who, uh, playing tonight that played last night. So, you know, the NHL is uh, getting these teams uh, off and running – pretty quickly but it's hard to find a path for the Blackhawks to have success in this game I'm not saying VGK isn't uh, uh, beyond falling apart or you know there could always be an issue with goaltending and stuff like that and on the other side of the ice whoever the Blackhawks starter is going to be you know they could always have a good game and and keep it close Um, I haven't looked at the line I'll bet the Blackhawks are are probably plus 250 or better to uh to win this game I wouldn't be surprised if uh that meant the Golden Knights were, uh, you know, over th- minus 300 favorites. And those lines usually uh, are pretty indicative of what you're going to see. I'll have it for you in five seconds here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. And and while we're waiting here. Minus Colorado, 360. Minus 360. Wow. And okay. So minus 360 in the game tonight. Uh, Colorado, their first five shots were all scoring threats in the game. So to your point. We could see that really. Do they have like a, they have some props out there, like a goal under ten minutes or five minutes? Nine or- locally, one of the shops is you. So it's kind of funny you mentioned that. For the first like two and a half, three seasons, the prop was always goal in the first ten minutes, and it was right. either season four or five. They just moved it to nine minutes and thirty seconds. And most square betters, you know, like myself, they ah, if they're going to score. They're going to score. It doesn't matter. But you're literally losing one uh, twentieth of you're losing five percent of your time to score there. And I'll guarantee they didn't reflect the line for that thirty seconds. I'll guarantee they didn't do that. <laughs> you know, don't overlook the Blackhawks though. They did have a two to one series advantage against BGK last year. I just remember that March game where they came out to that three to nothing start. Oh, we were then, there. Oh, remember? So and VGK battled back. Who scored the and overtime then, winner, Tony? Who scored the overtime winner? Daddy, I think, right? Was it the Donoff in OT, right? And uh, yeah, so, I mean, you as a fan growing up, you know, fan of the Chicago Blackhawks, yep. uh, and again, a season ticket holder for VGK, do games like this tear you apart? Because even though I'm not a fan of VGK. I'd like to see them succeed for the community here. But even though I'm not like a particular fan, every time VGK plays the Rangers, it's kind of tense with me, you know, just watching it back and forth and then uh, getting a lot of trash talking with friends and stuff. So what is it like for you as a Blackhawks fan? It's exciting. Um, I I love, and we're going to talk about this in the third segment a little bit more, but I love, and this is just a Blackhawks thing, but I love seeing you know, the road sweaters in the arena. I love interacting with the road fans and things like that. It definitely, you know, there's, there's some emotions there. I mean, I spent a long time supporting the Blackhawks and I still do support the Blackhawks outside of VGK. I keep up with them. It's unfortunate what they're going through right now, but that's going to change in, you know, between three and four years for the Hawks. They're going to be a, a team that might, you know, come in and just uh, wipe the floor with us at that point because three or four years from now, who knows what situation VGK is going to be in. But yeah, there, there's some emotions there, definitely. You can see uh, over over this shoulder, whichever one you want to call that in your broadcast, you can see uh, the jersey I'll be wearing 
tonight. It's my Blackhawks and Golden Knights uh, hybrid uh, jersey, if you will. It's got flurry on the back, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll let that slide. But yeah, definitely some emotions. Uh, we we drove by or not drove by. We were on the uh, the Metro in Chicago about three weeks ago now, and we saw the United Center in the distance going by. So that certainly triggered all sorts of uh, amazing memories growing up. I was at the first. Uh, Gosh, going back to 95 now. Yikes. Uh, shout out to my good friends, uh, John and Wada and Geek. And yeah, that's my, my hockey buddies back home. Um, but we were at the very first uh, Chicago Blackhawks game at the new United Center in 2015 or 1995. Uh, Joe Murphy with a big goal that game. If you want to really date yourself there. And, you know, so many wonderful memories uh, on West Madison Street and uh, the edge in Bensonville watching the team practice and stuff. And it's just, it's exciting tonight seeing the, seeing the guys we've driven down to Arizona before the golden Knights were a thing, seeing them down there and stuff. And, you know, it's exciting. It's emotional. And my, you know, yeah, just all smiles. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'll and come with standing. It's going to be great. No matter what. So, so who's going to lead this team tonight? Obviously you've got uh, Patrick Kane and he's finally there despite all of those trade rumors um, you've got Max Dome, you've got Andreas Athena on CEO. Um, I can't pronounce his name, but in any event, I haven't heard of half of these guys. Okay. No, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many players on the this guy here is dead. Sorry. You said anyway. in three or four years, it's going to change. There's expiring contracts of plenty at the end of this season. And I know that they have, they do have a lot of players, uh, on one year contracts for this team. So they're not expecting much. They'll blow it up in this offseason and maybe just start start all over again, start fresh there. I, I went to, you know, I was going to talk about, I, I did go to the one game, the return of Marc-Andre Fleury uh, last year. And that was one of the biggest games, I think, as far as the crowd and the support and, you know, <laughs> the entire arena was rooted. I mean, Fleury got bigger, louder applause then he stole that game too yeah and then they won it like two to one but i went to that game last year but we couldn't go my son my son actually had covid we couldn't go to that game yeah that's why i got that jersey over there (laughs) got you do you have a prediction on the score for tonight i think i said there'd be open ice the other night (laughs) what's the next level of open ice i think it's going to be a beer league and it's gonna be like 17 to 6 or something like that um you know pond the black hockey are... <laughs> with the return of pond hockey the, the robin the... letter's not here but we do have pond hockey Ooh, ouch um no i mean the blackhawks are in such a weird spot and they're just i know we've probably talked about this a couple times over the summer but they're in such a strange spot right now shipping out to Brinkett and kirby dock and they just made another trade for like for with Vancouver not too long ago, uh, acquiring a high level draft pick for one of their defensemen. You know, but they still got Seth Jones back there on an absolutely huge contract. Like I don't, I don't understand the black the Blackhawks were in a very good rebuild and even you know possibly flirting with contending for a playoff spot, but they've basically said. No, this is not our time right now. They shipped out to Brinkett to what Ottawa, Kirby Doc to was it Montreal? Wherever, wherever Kirby Doc, yeah, wins. yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was Montreal. Okay, yeah, wherever Kirby Doc right. wins, yep. and you know you still got Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane there. And I was talking to my officiating partner last night at Lifeguard Arena, and we both agree Patrick Kane is as good as gone. You know, come the trade deadline or sooner, I contended that I think Jonathan Taves just might be content retiring a Blackhawk, no matter. What happens? And I'm not knocking Patrick Kane when I say that. I'm just simply saying Jonathan Taves kind of seems like he might want to, 
you know, start and end in one spot. I think Patrick Kane has a lot of competitive years left. Uh, you know, I, I think Tony, yeah, this is where you might play into this theory a little bit. I see Patrick Kane possibly going to the Rangers this season to help them with a cup run. And then next season signing with the Sabres or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, they won't have uh, the same lineup here uh, that they start with at the finish of this season. There's no, no way. And then last night we saw Peter Morazic, who did okay in net. He just had no defensive support in front of him. <laughs> but tonight, it's I, I think it has to be. They're going to – I don't think Morazic comes back. It's got to be Alex Stalock. And Stalock last year played in one game for the Blackhawks. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be something else tonight. And I have a 6-3 to three final. 6-3 to three with uh, a couple – let's say a couple of empty netters. 17-6. to six. So, 17. So you're, you think it's going to be – you think it's actually going to be 4-3, to three, Tony? I don't know. I don't six know. I mean – 6-3. 6-3. 17-6. to Oh, the Blackhawks are going to miss the extra point is what you're getting at. Coming up next, coming up next, what do VGK fans think of visiting fans taking over the fortress? Chris wants to discuss. We return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On VGK. So, Chris, I know that uh, you wanted to discuss fans uh, and the way that they take over the fortress and all of that. And I went to this uh, nice little panel discussion last night at the UFC Performance Center. And uh, one of the speakers, uh, Kerry Buboltz, was there, by the way, the president of VGK. He was on this panel. Uh, Jeremy Aguero, uh, who was with Applied Analytics here in town, he does all of these economic impact studies and such. And he said, you know, teams like the Raiders, teams like the Golden Knights, they say that they don't want visiting fans in the stands, but that's why they built these venues to bring in more tourists, to bring in more fans. I went to the Raider game against Denver. It was about 70% Denver Bronco fans wearing orange, right? And so Aguero, though, had a great, he had a great line. He goes, every time I see a visiting fan, I see $800. $800, $800, and again, helping out the economic impact of our city. So uh, how do you feel? Where do you want to go with this uh, topic of visiting fans uh, coming to the Fortress? And Chicago travels better than any team, I think, in the National Hockey League. No doubt, and you're going to see plenty of uh, the Chicago faithful. You might hear uh, some cheering during the National Anthem, folks, and don't get upset. At, well, let, let's not even go down that route. But the Chicago Blackhawks going back to – desert storm uh and a- actually there's a, an underlying circumstance here too wayne mesmer was the former anthem singer and still sings uh, for the chicago wolves in the ahl part owner but if you haven't watched um uh, watch wayne mesmer do a national anthem it's it's absolutely amazing no no disrespect to carnell johnson but it is absolutely amazing watching wayne mesmer do a national anthem so going back to um De- desert storm the crowd just went bonkers during the all-star game as they played a recording of wayne mesmer doing the national anthem back at the old chicago stadium and from that moment on just the crowd goes absolutely bonkers and as loud as they can cheer for the entire anthem so uh, Golden Knights fans, if you haven't experienced a Hawks game, you might uh, you might get some of that tonight. Just a heads up about that. Take it as you will. I'm not gonna we're not gonna have an argument about anything else. Just that's how the Blackhawk fans do it, and I for one enjoy that. Um, so 
I was on Facebook last night, my first mistake, and one of the random random Facebook groups, someone said, oh, Blackhawks coming to town, all those ugly sweaters are going to be here. And of course, I put myself in the middle of the boxing ring. I showed a picture of my flurry, God, so we're pointing opposite, of that flurry jersey back there. I got a couple rant reactions. And I said, hey, I thought it was nice that the road fans do come. It's good for the economy, like uh, like uh, your, your person stated. And you see $800, $800, $800. I mean, I know when I go to T-Mobile and now the dollar loan center arena where nothing is a dollar and I don't, my goal is not to spend a lot of money when I go there. I'm going to try and find a way to smuggle M&Ms in for my kid because I don't want to pay nine bucks for it or 15 bucks at the dollar loan center, whatever the heck it is right now. But when like example, when we, we were down in Arizona for a baseball game uh, in the early, uh, late spring, early summer, one of their first games, I'm spending money on everything. We're on vacation. We're having a good time. Right. And same thing, if I were to go to a Blackhawk game, I would, uh, you know, have a couple adult beverages. I'd go find sweet treats upstairs in the 300 level and spend some money for a waffle cone. And it doesn't matter to me because I'm on vacation. Same thing here. A lot of Blackhawk fans come in. They're not looking at the prices. They don't care. They're here to spend money and have a good time. Um, we put a poll up on our on Locked on Golden Knights last night. And basically, how do you feel about fans being inside T-Mobile Arena of the visitors? And our options were hate it, meh. A few are cool or more the merrier going from the bottom up. Only 7% of the fans hate seeing the other sweaters here. I like that. Matt is 20%. That's also fair with me. I'm okay with that. Uh, let me get this out of the way here. Yeah, whatever. A few are cool was 43%. That was the one that everyone liked. And then actually in second place was more the merrier. So I definitely like that. So I do think the my pulse check on Lockdown Golden Knights, we're in the same ballpark. We like seeing the road fans here. Now, going back to the Stanley Cup clinching game with the Washington Capitals, I know a lot that rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way because there was a lot of red sweaters. And but I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, it's listen, if the Vegas Golden Knights are fortunate enough to, uh, you know, win win the Stanley Cup in Toronto or in. Well, not no, not Toronto's not going to get out of the first round. Stop it, Chris. But if in Tampa, in Florida, in New York, you know, in, in Madison Square Garden, stuff like that the more the merrier, right? So, you know, it's, um, I like seeing the road fans. I like interacting with them. Is One one of our Twitter followers said, let's see here, I'm not going to say the whole thing because uh, we'll get in trouble. Uh, McNabb memes on IG, whatever that is. Personally, I don't care. Just don't be a make me blink. So, you know, I, I, I support that one too. It's fun interacting with the road fans, uh, whether from Chicago or Canada or anywhere else, and just uh, having a good old time and enjoying hockey on Las Vegas Boulevard. It just creates, I think, electricity, right, in the venue because you have the fans, there's back and forth, and I think it, it's more of a fun environment uh, to me, at least, you know, with me. And I could just go back uh, again to Allegiant Stadium where I was there covering the game and all those uh, just people in orange that you could see, you know, in the, in the stands. But, but this is why, again, we built these venues in our city to attract out-of-towners. On or near the Strip. On or near the Strip, correct. And, you know, and, and then get them to come and enjoy uh, the sports and entertainment capital of the world. I mean, that's basically it. That's, uh, you know, that's our message, I think, uh, that we like to convey here in our city, uh, as provided that the fans just behave and have fun, you know, at the game. And that that's goes it. both ways. That goes Vegas Gold Knights fans behaving too, but yeah. 
misbehaving. Um, So back to the Raider game, I guess we'll go out. We can go off stride now. It's segment three. No one's watching anyway, but you know, (laughs) you're saying no one's going to watch what the Friday tomorrow. Oh, no, 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 they'll watch what it's already Friday. Yikes. That's crazy. But um, no, crazy. No, but they said the Raiders had, they had to have play. They had to go on a silent count because yeah, of the they had to go on a, I mean, they did have just, to go on a silent count. Correct. That, that's awesome, though. I like that. And I mean, seventy percent. That's that's a little that's a little rough. Um, you know, you shouldn't be uh, played out of your own stadium from the fans, I guess. But you know, so be it. Like you said, I mean, if there's seventy thousand, well, sixty four thousand, I think is capacity. So if there's seventy percent, seven seven forty is like fifty. There's almost you know forty five fifty thousand people there to support uh, the Denver Broncos that times 800 is a big number with a couple of commas. Yeah. Uh, VGK, I thought as of like earlier in the week and maybe towards the end of last week, they were struggling to sell out this game tonight. But of course I think VGK There's ads, fans, there are a lot of ads popping up, Tony. There really are like yeah. on Facebook, a lot of ads. And I did see a lot Nights of tickets too. For Silver Nights too. Yeah. So, you know, it just, it's expensive. Uh, the city does really, gravitate to winners let's face it okay i think you know you sell more tickets after you create some excitement uh with that opening night win in los angeles so that there's that's a gonna help there there's a buzz and, and, right now. yeah and there should be a great crowd regardless they'll say it was a sellout but um if this team you know is like teetering right there on a playoff position uh i think you know again they're gonna have difficulties and they really have to put their marketing hats on and do better than just statues, you know, handing out uh, statues. To, uh, There's uh, a lot. I'm scrolling through right now in Axis. That's the the official yeah. place to uh, the lower bowl. I mean, it's kind of typical. Some of the seats in the Mez are gone. What what are the tickets going for for tonight's game? So there, if you want to do like the standing room only, you can get it for 25 bucks. If you want to get one of the tables way in the back, I'm guessing the most inexpensive seats looks like about a hundred right now. And that's going to change. Um, a hundred. Yeah. Let's see down here. 140. So, I mean, right now, if you wanted to buy tickets right now for tonight's game, you could probably, and again, access is the only place I'm going to reference uh, anywhere else. You, you guys are, are on your own for that, but access right now is about a hundred bucks. And again, golden Knight fans, if we're going to keep the tips coming, uh, you know, you can buy your tickets now, or you can maybe roll the dice and wait a little bit closer to the game. If you know, if you know you're going to go to tonight's game and you want to play it right, don't buy your tickets the second, but have two or three different sets of tickets you want to watch. People will change the prices throughout to sell them. There will be some panic as it gets you know closer. If you mm-hmm. see seats disappearing, then buy your tickets right away. But if you look now and then you check at 1030, then you check at 1230, then two o'clock. If there's about the same number of tickets left, your best thing is to you know go hang out in the plaza, go to the gold carpet, don't buy your tickets, wait till anywhere between 6 and 6.30. That's when they're gonna, the deals are going to start. And if, you, if you're really a gambler, which if you're in Vegas, you probably are, you wait till between 6.30 and 7, especially oh, yeah. once the warm-up start. My friends roll the dice. You know, they do that. They, yeah. they go there, they'll have a couple of beers at the pub, and then they'll hang out and they'll wait right down to the wire. Yep. And there's some times where they go down there and then they don't buy tickets. Because the price is still too high for them. Doesn't happen Everyone. often. It happened for your Rangers once, actually. I want, I, I saw a, a true sellout happen with like 15 minutes prior to the game. Um, yeah. For a Sharks game, me and my dad went to a game. And I've, full disclosure, folks, full disclosure, I sold my upstairs tickets for significantly greater than, you know, what they're worth on the Access app. Everything is, you know, above the table and clean the way that the Golden Knights want you to do it. And 
you know, per contract, expect you to do it. So I, I did that. And then as we're going down the escalator coming out of when they actually used to let us park in the New York, New York garage on the credit card, uh, about 635, 640, I took that money and flipped it down to about the dollar plus or minus to get two tickets about 18 rows up on the lower bowl behind the net. So, yeah. you know, there's... um. There's ways to navigate this, folks. There's ways to navigate this. And we know them as locals. So, yeah, definitely uh, ask us questions there. Yeah, on the, no doubt. Uh, we, yeah, we got uh, the, the angles and, and everything. Yeah, we know anyone from Chicago is here checking this out. Hit, hit me, uh, hit us up before the game. We'll tell you where to go and where to hang out. I, uh, I went last night to meet up with some friends. They were going to Usher. Uh, they were in from out of town. You were having fun, Tony? You weren't going out to have fun. I though, had right? so much fun. I had no, too much fun, fun last night. You so anyway, so I go there to, to park MGM and they go, it's $25 event parking. I go, what is the event? And the guy couldn't answer. <laughs> and, and so, but he did divert me. I said, I'm not spending $25. I'm going in for a drink of water. I don't drink obviously, but I'm going inside just to hang out for a few minutes and I'm not paying 25 bucks, a matter of principle. Right. So th- he sends me over to New York, New York, where they just had, um, the hourly rate, like, like usual. And of course, as a local, I got through get that credit that card, Tony, seriously, if you get yeah. that bed in, get that bed MGM credit card and you ain't got, you ain't got to use it. You don't even have to use it. They automatically give you parole status. You can park for free at any MGM property. I think in spite of you, I'm going to have fun. I think in spite of, you know, your comments and you're gonna Chris, pay for parking too, and not have a lot of fun. <laughs> they don't know. They didn't even know. And it couldn't be for the usher show. Cause I was mostly tourists taking cabs and Ubers over there so i don't know what they were doing this town's a cash grab tony i mean man this it's town, just been lately this town's a cash. last night okay we're gonna rant here i took my kids to the pumpkin patch right the seasonal adventures i i see the time tony don't worry i see the clock no no but, no uh, the pumpkin patch i was just okay the pumpkin patch the pumpkin patch i have to do that that sounds like so much fun a 40 ticket deal is 49 dollars they lasted maybe 35 minutes on those 40 on those tickets <laughs> And here's what so those worse. are tickets for what rides and attractions, and stuff inflatable slides, some small rides Games. that don't look very safe, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, point being is and they used to be like a lot more laid back. You give the ticket, you go up and down the slide six times. They don't care. Now, like I saw one guy running. You can only go once. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, but yeah. All right. Rant over. Sorry. I sound like Tony. I sound like Tony. I'm, I'm mad already. I'm mad. Good. I'm glad. Save some of that pent up energy. For What the Friday coming up tomorrow, of course, we will recap tonight's game. We'll preview the Saturday game against Seattle, plus much, much more. We thank you for making us your first listen. For your second listen, it's Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.